Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fans. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. We are live. Let's uh, go! You, you are absolutely breaking your mic. <laughs> uh, holy shit. Um, <laughs> Jeff, you look like the sanest of us. So, um, hey, welcome to, to Real Hawk Talk. The Seahawks just beat the Broncos. Um, yeah, Jeff, say things because I don't think any of the rest of us have words. Do you have anything? Someone's got to start us here. I don't know if any of us have words. I'm fucking happy to start. Go for it, Brian. Go, go, go. Dude, I, I'm hopefully it's not too noisy. I am like walking out of the stadium. There is a sea of fucking Bronco fans, orange everywhere, and they are dejected. And they fucking came to our city thinking they were going to shit all over us. They got our little quarterback. They thought everything was going to be great, but they're not fucking good. And you know what? Everyone's going to be so excited that the Seahawks won this game because now the Seahawks are in first place. The other part of this game that's great, the Broncos fucking are shit. They're going to finish fourth in their division. Third at best. That draft pick's going to be fucking valuable. We're going to get our next quarterback next year. Meanwhile, we're going to fucking watch a way more entertaining team than any of us expected. Fucking awesome team win. Amazing atmosphere. This was about a team and not about one guy. It's great. Uh, the background noise there is amazing. Yeah, I, this is, uh, I, I don't want to say it's unexpected. I mean, I, I, you know, uh, some people were picking Seattle in this game. I, I thought they could win this game, but. Uh, How about this I, fucking defense, Nathan? This fucking defense without Jamal Adams. Without Jamal Adams. They lost him early in the game. Two goal line stops. Gave up, what was it, 16 points the entire game? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. This is what they did a lot last year too. Like there were times where this defense looked really rough and couldn't tackle, but they kept them out of the end zone. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think everything that you wanted to, you could have wanted to see out of this team. I think you saw it like the running game wasn't as great as it was, but like the defense was continued to be bend out break. Gino looked, you know, good, straight up good at times and serviceable over the course of the game. Um, 
Pete was aggressive on fourth downs. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, it feels like a game that's it's a game that's very easy to overreact to for a lot of reasons. But like, I think this bodes really well for Seattle's like chances all year long. Jeff's on mute. Jeff, I, you're I, very I quiet. Just see his, or I'm just so fucking drunk by now. No, no, <laughs> we can't hear. Uh, hey, you, Jeff. I, I really don't even know where to begin on this. Like, well, I mean, let's let's run through it. I mean, this was not even the best possible scenario for the Seahawks. They didn't have a run game. Their pass rush was shit all game. The run defense was shit most of the game. They got penalized in some key areas. Uh, you know, like I think the. Offensive line played okay. I mean, there wasn't a sack until the fourth quarter, which was great, but wasn't wasn't. Anyway, like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were barely involved in this game. Like the Seahawks didn't score for the whole second half. Like there was a lot that wasn't ideal, and the Seahawks still beat the Broncos. So, fuck. Can you imagine if we were fucking paying that guy 200 and whatever million dollars to grow to 39 years old or whatever? Well, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm not mad at Russ. Like, to be honest, like, I, I know that this is a big deal to beat Russ and all that, but like, I thought Russ played really well. Like, they took the ball out of his hands at the end of the game, which is hilarious. They, they took the ball out of his. I, the irony of that is just incredible. And twice on the goal line, both of which the running backs fumble, like, Russ actually played amazing. If I like, if I'm a Broncos fan, the one thing I feel good about right now is that Russ is your quarterback. Everything else, like they were undisciplined. They had so many penalties. They had those fumbles. They were cowardly when it, you know, on fourth down when it mattered. Like, uh, dude, but you're coming off the the key point too fast, dude. Like, I turned to my friend next to me and I was like. This is the one thing I didn't think was going to go well. If the Seahawks were in a close game at the end, Geno Smith to win it versus Russell Wilson to win it, that's not a good thing for us. And there's Russ doing his thing, moving the ball down, converting. And they they kick a 60, what was it, 63-yard field goal? Four-yard field goal. Like, what the fuck? Like, that is, that is so disrespectful. And – if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm like, what in the fuck are you doing? This isn't mile high. You're not 7,000 feet up. Like, I I don't know if Pete would have done that to Gino. Like, I think that was a crazy moment. And and they had no plan for that situation, too. Like, I, I don't want to talk too much about the Broncos here, but, like, they ran it all the way down to 20 seconds and then look like they're going to do a run a play, and then they call the timeout, and they just give up and try to kick us. Yeah, I mean, it was a mess. So, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I'll say. Like, Russ actually played really well. Good for him. Um, I hope it makes him feel better on the, the plane ride home. Uh, uh, all right, so, I mean, Tariq Woolen. Uh, ups and downs, but that dude looks like, an absolute stud uh, he looks his ability he, seeing Tariq Woolen bully Cortland Sutton who is a big fast strong dude like he he stood out to me so much on the defense you know talking about like one of the things that we talked about a lot was you know the young guys that's what's going to make this season and I mean for for me I think I don't know Tariq Woolen is just a guy that comes to mind for me right now and really positive for the young guys yeah, I think that's. I thought he looked incredibly comfortable, and really, other than Kobe Bryant kind of losing himself in coverage, like Sutton and Judy, who everyone just thought would be explosive and they would kill Seattle corners and a lot of people. I thought Michael Jackson had a pretty cool game too. I know that's Brian's guy. He was making a lot of tackles, but yeah, I agree. Like Woolen looks just like I know Sherman is really really high on Woolen just from talking on his podcast. But to what do what he did? I, I even saw one of those PI calls should have been holding and. That was a bit old ticky-tacky, but yeah, I can live with a few of those penalties if he's going to look that comfortable for most of the game. Yeah. Uh, Charles Cross looked great, I think. Got got a couple of times there at the end, but looked awesome. Uh, Abe Lucas uh, had a big penalty. I think he had a couple penalties, but uh, I thought he played really well. Like, you know, Gino had tons of time and protection. Um, yeah, it, 
there's so many good things to talk about with this right now. Like I, I, I uh, it's super cool. It's this has got to be what? What was the last win that felt this good as a Seahawks fan? Maybe that like Col- the Falcons game where they came out throwing for the first time, where like the let Russ cook here. <laughs> the very first Jamal Adams game. Yeah, like, <laughs> that game felt like they were at the start of something. <laughs> ended up falling apart pretty quick. And maybe that Niners game that went in overtime a few years ago where, like, the Niners were clearly much better than them. And the Seahawks did everything to blow that game and still won. But I was going to say, like, I haven't felt that good at the end of a Seahawks game in a long time. Like, that arguably was, like, yeah, I was going to say, like, that may be the best offensive line performance since the Holmgren era. There were probably other better games, but this reminds me of the uh, Thanksgiving game against the Niners where they ended it eating turkey oh. on the Niners logo in the middle oh. of the field. Brian, what is the last game that you were this happy about Seattle winning, like the Seahawks winning? Do you, do you even remember a game in the last like five years that felt this that's, good? That's such a good question. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. I'm, uh, God. <laughs> I mean... Honestly, it takes me back to the Super Bowl. Like, right now, like, I haven't been this hyped for years. Like, some of the beating the 49ers has been fun. But, like, this was, like, zero people. This this is the first time in how long that nobody expected the Seahawks to do anything. They actually, generally, everyone – I listened to the ESPN pregame. They talked about the Seahawks getting boat raced, that this wasn't going to be close. And that was the general perception. And for them to not only, like – win but they won pretty convincingly like they were they never were they ever down were they ever behind in this game no no they never tried no so like wire to wire um yeah it was just and i swear people were hugging each other in the stadium it was jubilation it was just like i don't think it's as and it wasn't as much about like screw russ there was some for that for sure some was just like yeah, we can be hopeful. We can love this team still. Like, we're not going to be the laughing stock. So, fuck you. Like, I think that's part of what it was. It's like, we're still the Seahawks. We're still Seattle. And you're going to have to come through us. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a cakewalk. And if the 49ers think next week in San Francisco that they've, like, they've got it, that's right where they want them. I mean, we'll see. I, I, I would not be surprised to see the Seahawks win that game. I honestly would. I mean, I expect him to win that game at this point. I mean, Trey, Trey Lance is not going to play better than rested today. And, uh, you know, there was some stuff that went against the Broncos today. But, like, uh, what is scaring you about the Niners right now? I mean, it's probably going to be a low-scoring close game, but they just did that, and they just won 17-16. Like, Pete lives for that kind of thing. So, like, why why would that game be anything more than, like, a pick em? Oh, exactly. I mean, I think the Niners' defense is is better, yeah, meaningfully better than the Broncos' defense. And you know, it'd be on the road and all that kind of stuff. But look, um, it was just, it was an amazing experience to be there. It was. Uh, I think Pete Carroll. I, I can't wait to hear his press conference. Uh, I'm sure it'll be classy, but. Uh, I don't think it will. I don't think it's going to be classy at all. There are going to, there will be barbs for sure. Well, what do you think he's going to say? I don't know. He's, he's absolutely going to just say some stuff about like, oh, it's, you know, the whole team game and we win on all facets. Like there's going to be some, it, it, it's not just, he's going to throw some barbs the rest of his way and about how it's not all about like the quarterback and stuff like that. At the very least, uh, he might get a little sassy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That clock management at the end, like, is is Russ the one who's block, botching these clock? Like, where they waste the whole clock to call the timeout before the fourth down play? That was so weird. Well, that's such a great point, Jeff, because what I found was I thought Russ disproved a lot of the things that have been said about him in some ways. He, he like, he, he was jumping off to backs all night yeah, long. Yeah, he was throwing screens. He was good. throwing screen passes. He was, like, taking it underneath. He was not forcing it deep that often. So, like, I think he did a lot of that, but he struggled on third down, which has been a historic problem for him. 
and he struggled with clock management at getting to the line. There was a number of times that they were slow to get to the line of scrimmage. He was trying to make checks, getting down to the very end. And sometimes it worked. A lot of times it didn't. So that was, you know, part of who he was. Dude, he had all day today. He will not get better pass protection than he got today. He had, like, all day. And, you know, for the most part, like Nathan said, I thought he played really well. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, yeah. Uh, it, and it, you know, uh, it, it couldn't have happened to a, a worse fan base and a worse media, like local media group. <laughs> yes. The yeah, Broncos you have been two, fucking, you two are going to have some fun. They have been fucking weirdos for weeks. Like, this is the most insecure fan base that I have had to deal with in a long time. Like, you could just tell that they they needed this way more than Seattle needed this. Like, it didn't matter to Seattle fans, ultimately, if the Seattle won that game. Like, everyone I saw, like, if we win, awesome. If they're bad, okay, we kind of thought they would be. But, like, Broncos fans needed Seattle to be bad without Russ <clears throat> because, like, they are not confident in that trade is ultimately what it is. And, yeah, I mean, fuck those guys. They were just absolute creeps and weirdos and, like, I don't know, bizarre. And I, I'm uh, ecstatic that this is where they are right now. It's so true. I mean, I always hated Broncos fans when we were in the AFC West, and it's just been a while since we've been playing them. And... uh I think, like, the fans, you know, fans are going to be fans. There are a lot of fans. Not the brightest bulbs and special social media account where they're posting. You get off. Like, I, so, yeah. There was a bunch. They're going to suck this. And, and there's, we got screwed. You're cutting out pretty bad here, Brian. Yeah, sound like me. <laughs> yeah, it was strange because I saw Nathan. I saw you getting into a few of them, just super sensitive stuff. But you were being pretty reasonable. And I saw Griff put out a tweet last week that, other than the quarterback, he thought Seattle had a better roster than Denver. And some of the responses to that were crazy. Well, and like my like I was saying, like I think Seattle could actually be pretty good. I think Seattle could uh, make the playoffs. And like Broncos fans are like, you're dilute. Like they're coming at me because I'm like, my team might be good. Like <laughs> I didn't even say a damn thing about the Broncos. Like what are you mad at me for? Uh, yeah, so I have some tweets to follow up on today. It's going to be really yeah. Exciting. My favorite Brian uh, Brian put one out from someone uh, one of their local radio guys or local beat writers that was like, well, it's going to be nice when the Seahawks. Uh, have this huge margin of error because the Broncos are cruising to their first win. We put this out like two weeks ago. Brian was just trolling them, and <laughs> you guys are going to have so much fun. I imagine that. <laughs> uh, some Brendan Armbuster, uh, Armbruster just uh, tweeted at me uh, and said, "You know, calling run plays on second and long, burning timeouts, bad clock management, horrible red zone offense. Did Pete switch playbooks with Hackett? I can't imagine what's going through Russ's head right now. Like." I get why he forced his way out or, or, you know, I don't know. I forced his way out. Maybe bad term. I get why he was done with Pete. Uh, yeah. And it felt like we sent them Pete too. like watching that. Like, yeah, like Russ offense is Russ offense, but like, also like, I don't know. It's just insane. It just uh, really, really, really incredible. And Pete and then meanwhile, Pete's going for fourth downs. It's just, uh, it was, <laughs> You couldn't have scripted that a whole lot better, I don't think. No, and the funny part was, like, I saw Danny Kelly put a replay from a he got, where they were just like, is this fun? I want to die. And, like, this what me and Evan and all of us have said in our chat every game for the last, like, six years, where you just hated the last three hours. So it's just funny to see that. Like, that game felt so familiar. I, I do agree. I think Nathan – kind of misconstrued and it sounded like my tweet kind of was probably poorly worded but I thought Russ played pretty well but man that game felt so familiar yes. it's kind of nice to be on the other side of that for once yes yeah so Brian uh is having some uh, reception issues but in the chat he's asking is there any way Broncos fans exit this feeling they were robbed um <clears throat> I don't know about robbed like if you're a Broncos fan you're gonna come back you're gonna you know tomorrow you're gonna be like look 
we don't fumble twice on the goal line if we don't have all these stupid penalties right like if they can just control some you know get get a couple things under control like you can definitely point at this and say man that was just a lot of weird stuff and a weird game and russ was good so like this is you know we'll be fine this isn't a big deal and they're probably right i mean i I definitely didn't walk away from that like I think maybe Brian did where it's like oh they're trash they're fourth in the division they're you know we're going to get a top 15 pick or something like that I think the Broncos are going to be okay I think that a lot of that stuff will even out for them um so I don't know if they feel robbed but I think that they will rationalize that that's at least probably where I would be right now if I was them yeah I think that's fair like to come out of those two red zone series with no points that's pretty unrealistic repeat and but the thing i would be worried about and i don't know if you got a chance to watch the chiefs or the chargers play yesterday but this teams just look at a totally different league than denver and as good as Russ, and that's no knock on russ the thing i thought just coming into this game and reinforced it yesterday is that i thought russ's camp made a miscalculation not to try to stay in the nfc if you watch how bad the nfc looked yesterday and how good like, if I'm Denver, I know they can feel cheated. They probably should have won the game. Had they gotten a three points in one of those first and goal situations where they fumble twice on the one, all they need is kick a field goal in one of them, they win the game. But I'm worried, like, they don't look close to a Kansas City. And no. to me, like, they're talking like they're a Super Bowl team. And this whole narrative is going around. So, I don't know, can you guys hear me yet? Yep. Yeah, we can hear you now. So, the only thing I'd say there, because I think you're probably right, some of that, but that one touchdown that went over Kobe Bryant. Oh. Oh, now he's he's just on. <laughs> that was lucky. I mean, it was, yeah. That was a poorly thrown ball. It rested a couple poorly thrown balls. He had that one that digs dropped too. So you could like there yeah, there is a flip side to that, right? For sure. His deep ball oddly didn't look as great as normal. It was more of the short stuff that I thought looked pretty good. Pass was the running back greens i mean that's where like woolen had some bad moments right he had a pi and a, a couple pis right um uh but like russ was barely trying some of those balls i don't think he ever tried a deep ball on jackson did he no no all of them are still left to the one side right side. yeah and uh, you know on a lot of the ones that woolen that he did try one on and like again Woolen got a pi on one of these but like Woolen was all over Sutton or, or whoever the receiver was at the time, right? There was, like, Russ's deep ball looked off, but also, like, Woolen was just manhandling those receivers, and there was yeah. no they, – they couldn't get on top of him because he's so fast, and then he's so big and strong that they couldn't, like, bully him and adjust to the ball or anything. So, like, I don't know how much of that was, like, Russ being inaccurate and how much of it was Very Woolen in those corners just dominating those receivers downfield. Yeah, and I don't know if you play fantasy football. Big narrative just with Denver was just how good Cortland Sutton Russell's deep ball connection was going to be this year. And I, I might have drafted him on one of my fantasy teams this year because I bought into that one hundred percent. All things considered, I thought it was a great. Yeah, I would. Well, he got drafted in my league. I was hoping to pick up him. Almost all of Sun's catches were not really on those plays. A lot of them were crossing routes on the middle or where he was open in the middle of the field when some corner switched. I can't think of any catch that Sutton made that was that kind of a deep play down the sidelines or go ball or so I don't think I don't think Sutton's numbers are going to be terrible. He still ended up with 70 yards bad game, but it was just it looked a lot different than I thought it would. And like you said, that might be just a, a thing of how good Tariq Woolen looked. Because Jared Judy's not that kind of player. He's more of a crisp route runner, but yeah, it's a really good point. Cortland Sutton is he's not dk he's not like that level of a freak trying to pull up his combine numbers here Cortland sutton is 6'3 218 pounds and ran a four five and sutton and and woolen just make them look made him look like a jag out there right like i mean his part yeah and there's a ton of like Woolen's gonna have bad moments and had bad moments, but like, oh man, like it is so easy to get so excited about that dude right now. Uh, 
somebody in the chat said uh Sutton is a weak Demarius Thomas which is probably true although isn't probably as derogatory as it sounds (laughs) (laughs) um uh okay so uh do you have a guess of how much win probability uh Hackett threw away by trying that 64 yard field goal yeah so a lot of times when huh like 33 percent yeah so like in a lot of those where it's like clear go for it it's like a three percent win probability advantage one way or the other right yeah uh and he threw away 33 percent win probability (laughs) just insane had they had all of their timeouts right yeah and they let it run down to 20 seconds they let they let the clock run down. They called their first timeout, like about to hit zero, and they had the field goal team out. If they were going to call the field goal, they could Just insane, just hilarious. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Like, if you're a Broncos fan and you're like, oh, you know, two goal line fumbles that you know, and then you know they get recovered on the thirteen and one for a touchback. Like, you don't even get you know the Seahawks backed up like okay yeah you can point to that uh but hey your coach your coach is also a huge moron like what the hell was that yeah because there's like a narrative going around and obviously we can joke about it they're like maybe Pete was the normal one this whole time because like they're always breaking the huddle late in the clock and it's just everyone's joking about the game and Brian are, are you there I am here. Sorry about all. Like, I have I have serious Zoom, uh, you know, product issues that I want to talk to the Zoom team about. Like, when you <laughs> hold the phone up to your ear, it for some reason decides you want to leave the meeting, and so I, my ear kept hanging up. But in any event, I'm here. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> what I was saying, I don't know if it came up, was just like I thought. I thought that. Uh, the touchdown that the Broncos scored over Kobe Bryant was not a particularly repeatable moment either. Yep. And so I think this game could, could have gone a little bit worse for them than it did too. So, but, uh, Oh my God. I mean, I'm sure you guys have been talking this whole time, but I just, I feel like I could talk about this game all night other than I'm going to lose my voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? So, so I don't know if you guys talk about this at all. Like this might be getting too geeky for some people, but like, it was interesting watching how the Broncos attacked the Seahawks defense. Um, and specifically, they went after the edges. Like, they did not go after the Alwoods, Brian Monet, Puna Ford, beefy middle um, for most of the game. And I think that exposed our edge players in run defense. I think initially it exposed our corners, especially Mike Jackson was having trouble. On, God, on he took some. Oh my God. He took some brutal hits. He got trucked yep. hard. A couple, and he got, he got it back. Like he, he ended up giving back. A couple, boy. First he, couple of times they ran it. He got blown up. Yeah. He's a scrapper. And then I thought the thing that got exposed the most was the linebackers. I thought Cody Barton was the best linebacker for <laughs> Seattle. And that was not necessarily a great thing. I thought Cody Barton played one of his better games, but I don't think it was a good game. And I thought Jordan Brooks was awful. I thought Jordan Brooks was a ghost in this game. And um, maybe watching it again, I'll see it differently. But when they're running those outside plays and they're stretching it, you need your inside linebackers to flow and, and fill the gaps. And time after time after time, there's no one there. Yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of interesting to me. Um, so seeing I'll be, that that would be a major issue next week against the 49ers. Like they will destroy you if that's. I mean, they are all edge run. Yeah, and it sounds like Jamal is going to be out for a while, if not the season. Uh, they said it was a season. Oh, he's done for the year, dude. Yeah, I think he's done. Uh, for the year. So the one thing, like from a defensive perspective, like we talk about the quarterback so much and the drafts coming up, these guys just need more the difference maker defense it's a great draft for that yeah yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves but just i thought they were going to run out of bodies by the end as we're getting hurt i don't think that's getting ahead of ourselves at all like i think we don't need a quarterback now so we can (laughs) we can dream about 
<laughs> whatever you know <laughs> well, defensive ends yeah. are going to be there at 25 or 26 yeah but well, you they, know, they honestly need like more game record they don't have a single game record they do i think that's such a great call i found myself thinking that exact thing watching the defense jeff i was like I actually had the thought you just kind of made a joke about uh, Nathan. I was like, not, oh, we were fine with Gino, but I'm like, if we get a top five pick and there's someone there that turns out to be like a game wreck and defensive so, tackle, so there, there's, it's it would be prospects in this draft. Yep. And the quarterback. Yep. And like the, the guy from Alabama is the best defensive end prospect, probably since Von Miller. Like, as good as this quarterback class is two guys at the top of this draft from like a prospect perspective are defensive linemen. And they got the dude from, that's a dude from Georgia. There's yeah. another guy on the Bama defensive line, like a, a more of a D tackle, I think. Yeah. So that like, that is a huge organizational need because this Jamal Adams experience has been a, a right failure and he's probably going to miss the season. And he just hasn't made a difference other really than that one game. Uh, yeah. You know, um, there, I think a lot of the young guys impressed and there's good things to take away. Like, um, but I thought Brooks had a bad game for sure. Missed tackles, had some coverage issues and, and maybe, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I didn't watch too closely on assignments, but you're right. There were a lot of times where it's like, Oh, it feels like there shouldn't be no defenders here. Um, the other guy that, that really disappointed today, I thought was Daryl Taylor. Like he was yeah, yeah. Subject, non-existent. Yeah, I thought uh, Nuosu had it was the best. Yeah, Nuosu looked pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah Daryl Taylor was really good. So, Brian, what was the uh, what was your favorite Broncos fan from today's game? <laughs> you know, I'm going through a tunnel, so you guys might want to go somewhere else, and I'll come okay. back to you. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, you know, I thought Shane Waldron had a good game. Uh, I thought yeah, I was he asked about that. Yeah, he he did some kind of interesting stuff with the run game and, and kind of had some things that played off of each other. Obviously, Gino looked very comfortable. Gino's pocket presence was surprisingly good. Um, but like you know, guys were getting open and they were getting guys open in in space and and you know doing some interesting things there. So I thought not an amazing game or anything from Waldron, but probably. I, it was encouraging at least. And I think there are still questions about him. Yeah. I thought they played to the strength of Gino and what he does well. I thought they had him on the move a little bit. I thought Gino got a little worse if, as the game went on. He took some sacks where he could have stepped up a bit, but I found myself at some time in the same half yelling to give Penny the ball, which is a little strange considering how good they were at the end of the season. But yeah. I thought in the first time, especially like the, the way they designed the offense, you know, Griff has talked a lot about how like he's kind of a, a kind of a golf like figure in this offense. And I thought they really used him for what he's good at. And the, the route that Parkinson and some of that stuff, some of the throws were really nice, but you know, it's just strange. But they passed a lot in neutral situations. I think they had only 13. Well, I think there was one design run for Gino. So I think it was only 14 called runs in the game. That, that design run for Gino was uh, cool and also fascinating. Do you think they would have yeah. ever called that with Russ? No. Oh, totally. You think they would have? Oh yeah, they've called that play with Russ before for sure. I, but like, I mean, usually since it's a 2015 it's usually or. It's a naked for no, no, no. I think that usually it's a naked with Russ. They, they, you yeah. know, they, this one was like a sweep, so it was a little different, but same yeah. basic premise. That's true. <clears throat> um, before I run into the next tunnel, I'll just say I thought one of the biggest surprises of this game was Gino's pocket presence and his willingness to throw the ball away and not take sacks. Like that is not who he's been in, in any point in his career. I thought that was the biggest difference between Gino tonight and Gino before. Yeah. I mean, I think you can probably be a little critical of him not feeling the pressure on the, the strip sack and the leader sack. But, you know, I, he in the preseason, he was having issues like when he would get pressure in his face and stuff, he would, you know, drop his eyes and really look out of sorts. And today, you know, he he was able to reset or move around and still find guys downfield or, 
you know, threw the ball away a couple times and not just easy throwaways either, right? Like the one with uh, where he just airmailed it. Uh, they had somebody running down the sideline and he just tossed it way out of bounds, but like 30 yards downfield. Like he was very totally. on top of all that. That stood out. That play stood out to me. I was like, I was like the weirdo, like cheering for the incompletion. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been dying to see that. Like the next thing I just need to see him do is scrambled outside the pocket and throw it out of bounds instead of taking the sack or running out of bounds for a loss. Like that would be the next, like, I w- I'm sick of seeing that play from Russell. It'd be great to not see it from Gino, but like, that was really nice. And um, the play before the DK fumble yeah, was honestly like a work of art. The pass protection was impressive. Gino's patience stepped up in the pocket, delivered a ball on target in tight space. Pretty sure that was a third down, right? I can't remember for sure, but I like. Oh, the one to DK where he had to like go up. Yeah, the DK like a tough catch over the middle with the guy hanging on him. Um, I thought DK had a sneaky good game. I know it wasn't a big numbers game. And I know he fumbled, but he made a lot of contested catches. And I thought he made he made a lot of catches over the middle for like seven, eight yards, which are so much more repeatable than, you know, 40-yard bombs. And so I was encouraged by how he was used. I was a little surprised by how little Tyler Lockett was used. But, um, yeah, I, I liked what I saw from DK today. So Pete Carroll says Jamal Adams has a serious injury uh, and he called it, uh, people are saying it's a quad tendon injury. Yeah, I heard that before I came back on. Okay, yeah. So not like an ACL or anything. This is a quad tendon. I I, I don't know what that is. Uh, I think the only thing that matters is the serious injury. Yeah, anything that Pete calls serious, that's tendons, that is an injury I don't think I've ever heard of someone having before, like, all of that seems really bad. Yeah. I mean, I know that everyone shits on him, and I get it. Everyone's upset with the thing. I just, I'm so gutted for the guy. I mean, he's never done anything but try to, like, put his whole body on the line for the team, and he's gotten hurt over and over and over again, and, and, uh, that sucks, you know. It sucks. Trey Young just tweeted out. Trey Young, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks point guard, just tweeted out. Uh, Broncos Nation, let's kick. <laughs> uh, so the entire oh, nation is, yeah. is dunking on uh, Hackett right now, which you just hate to see it. It's a real shame. Oh my yeah. god! I mean, that's his first game. I mean, what a like. Oh my god. Uh, some of the uh, in-game reactions from Broncos fans have been really entertaining, uh, getting the whole Russ insanity experience. Danny Kelly shared out a tweet of someone, a friend of his, uh, Broncos friend of his texting him saying, is this fun? I can't tell if I'm having fun or want to die. What is this? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, has five years now. Uh, and Brian, did you happen to see what Doug Baldwin tweeted out? Oh, no, I was, I was trading messages with Doug, but I didn't see what he tweeted. (laughs) He just, uh, tweeted a gif of a very sassy cheerleader. (laughs) That's it. Uh, what is that? What do you think that means? Man, I don't know. I think he's, (laughs) I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and think that Russ and Doug have a complicated relationship. So <laughs> that's what I think. It I means. mean, think about what think about what Sherm uh, said in his pod before the game about like Russ better win this one because I mean he's this should be the easy one because he's not come back he's not played the Seahawks again for three years or whatever it is and he's gonna be 37 or whatever by then. Um, fuck, dude. I, I just wonder what's on it. Like, what is, how is he processing this? I mean, he's got to be thinking like, I'm still the MVP candidate. I'm the best. Uh, I don't, I don't know uh, how much you could tell in the stadium, but like Russ seemed out of sorts the whole game. 
like uh, it kind of felt like this moment was a little bigger for him not that he couldn't handle it and like I said he played well but like it just wasn't normal Russ like sideline reactions and like he just seemed a little shook at times I don't know if he didn't expect to get booed as much as he did I don't know if he thought they were just gonna roll and was like you know started to have some anxiety when this game didn't just get put away and Gino comes out and looks great did you chant Gino Brian oh fuck yeah (laughs) you better believe I did I will say did there was never a rust chant was there no I don't remember oh, oh, ever like chanting Russ or Wilson. When he was here? Yeah. Oh, there's definitely Wilson chants. Okay. It used to be like the, they, they do the ball from uh, the, the volleyball from. That Castaway. was like a weird, like they would put a thing on the screen. Yeah. Like, and then the, there was, that was as much sound effects as it was ever the crowd. Right. Like, I don't think, I don't remember a lot of spontaneous Wilson chants or anything like that. No, I think you're right. I mean, his name isn't quite as easy to do it with, but like, but like, I think your point, you know, or one of the possible points there is with Russ feeling a little discombobulated, he has like put himself completely on the line here. There, he is totally exposed in a way he's never been in his career. He could always point the finger at Pete, he could point the finger at the offensive line, he could point the finger at the offensive coordinator you know um he's got exactly what he wants he's got the coach he wants he's got the plays he wants he's got the you know the owner in the city that he wants he's got the say in how everything's done I think that's a different reality for him he's never had that in his entire life he's always been a little bit of an underdog and uh I think it might be a lot for him you know who, who um, is getting the mark rogers experience first is does does he go straight <laughs> to hack it tonight who that that relationship that relationship has officially kicked off tonight and somebody is putting themselves in john schneider's shoes today i think oh, how hot oh, is john I schneider think, right now? oh man oh my god dude he is he is cock of the rock right now like he is strutting through the v-mac probably by now i mean like where's the shirtless john schneider belt pick yeah. <laughs> dude and he's not alone i mean i don't i'm not gonna out any i'm getting text messages from all sorts of guys all up up and down that organization like they're feeling themselves right now so like yeah it's uh it's a good night to be in that in that front office, and it might be the best night this year. Like, yeah, it might I, not. I mean, it might not. This team might might win some games. They might they might make. I, they're not a real contender in any sense, but they might they might make a little noise in the league this year. Well, so like, we were all around seven and ten. I ended up because before this like for our preview show, I changed my prediction. I said they were going to win this game and I changed to eight, nine, but like, I still think that's about like most likely they're maybe they could get to nine or maybe they outside, they could get to 10, but I don't think they're much more than we thought. Do you? I mean, I, I fully swung into thinking that they'll make the playoffs. Like, I, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they make the playoffs. Why didn't you with... update your predictions, dude? You should own that. Well, I mean, that yeah. w- that made me mad because we did the prediction show and I'm like, you know, Trayton's not crazy. And I kept trying to defend him. And then I like just kept thinking about it. I'm like, man, maybe Trey, <laughs> Trey is right. Like, I'm just, maybe I should just lean into this. So, yeah. Yeah. It came too late. But, um, uh, I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say now. It's not, uh, as yeah. far fetched, it's not as far-fetched as we think, though. Uh, some people think, like, you guys watched a lot of those NFC teams yesterday. It's uh, Ooh. It, the whole conference. So, like, Seattle played by far better than any team in the West this week. One week, so I don't know. Crazy, but, like, outside of, like, Minnesota and Philly, like, Tampa's fine. But, like, they could reasonably be 10-7 and seven if they – like some of those games look a lot lighter than they did 
a couple weeks ago. Even the Rams. I think the Rams will be fine, obviously, but they look bad. Well, here's what I will say. Here's what I will say is that the games that we were saying that were kind of toss ups, that like where it's like the Jets and the Giants and the uh, maybe the Saints, I don't know, but like there, there's there's some kind of Jacksonville. We've got some crappy teams on the schedule, and we were, you know, splitting whether they were going to beat those teams or not. It feels like this team is a step above the worst of the worst for sure right like they should win those games i and i think that you know people were too down on this team like it swung too far the other direction that this was going to be some terrible horrible you know worst of the worst type team like when i was when i tweeted out that i think they're gonna make the playoffs people were like this team will be lucky to win five games and that net like that doesn't make any sense to me and and i mean clearly one down there like this team will win six or seven games I think that's kind of more of the floor for them so yeah I I, I people are going to have to adjust their priors I think quite a bit on this team because it people were just way too down on on them I want you guys said something that I I wanted to follow up on but I was having such trouble hearing um you said this is like the best performance by the offensive line since like Holmgren like I want to hear more about that because from what I saw like run blocking they they had their hands full they were not creating space for the run and I saw like it it was pretty good in pass protection but like Phil Haynes had a tough day and uh Charles Cross gave up those couple sacks so I I thought it was good for uh, you know the rookies in general but I was surprised to hear you guys that positive about it which I'm happy to hear but I would like to hear more um yeah I don't think they're like dominant like uh Walter Hutchinson or anything, but I thought they just looked cohesive. And I can't remember the last time Seattle line in this regime really through Carroll. I know the cable group ran a lot of that zone stuff, but they just looked very cohesive in pass protection. And I thought Cross and Lucas held up very well for a first game. There was some Cross got beat a couple times in the second half. I thought that was expected and I thought Blythe was comfortable center. And yeah, they weren't great. They weren't like that at the end of the year last year. But I just watching the game and their pass sets and their pass protection throughout the whole game and just how well they looked as a unit. They looked a lot like the Rams looked the last few years. And that was kind of what we were expecting last year. And it's kind of that weird thing with Solari still there. Now they finally have kind of transitioned to that Rams group. And really, they kind of just looked how they've looked the last few years on offense. To me, that was that was super encouraging. Yeah, I was encouraged about the the line play more along the lines of you know what you can reasonably expect for rookies. Um, but I, I agree; I thought they looked pretty good. Uh, running game was pretty hit or miss for sure, so they they could clean up some of the blocking. I think they ended up with you know negative EPA per rush, uh, considerably negative. So you know the dream of continuing the. Uh, the the last half of last season run game so far is uh, on hold, but uh, uh, overall, I, I think that it was uh, pretty encouraging. Yeah, I mean, on that on that front, I I saw enough from Penny tonight where I'm like, that wasn't a mirage last year. Like he, there was a couple plays that got called back. Um, there was just no room, but like if there was even a little seam he was going to break some runs like he was right there and so it does sometimes take longer for run blocking to kind of coordinate and get off and and like we'll see hopefully they, they clean that up sooner but um yeah uh i was in, i i generally was encouraged by how penny played i thought he looked like he could be the guy again he had 50 something yards at halftime and and uh couple penalties away from probably having a hundred yard game yeah there was there were some ticky tack calls like phil haynes is on the ground and like nothing to do with the play and like that takes away a big play and the one they called on lucas i thought was pretty ticky tack he was he did grab his jersey but he was completely away from the play there was nothing to do with the run so i thought there was a lot more yards i think i can't remember how many yards got wiped out from penny on that run but yeah when he gets a crease he's just very explosive I thought, uh, Nathan, you said um, uh, about Tariq Wool and how impressed you were with him, and I just wanted to echo that. I thought 
this is a rookie starting his first game and going against a decent receiver who's a good route runner and a really good quarterback. And he got the one pass interference penalty, which I honestly believe that uh, the receiver like cleverly initiated. He kind of pulled Tariq into him and Tariq didn't turn around. So like rookie, you know, moment, but it wasn't awful. But they went after him again and he was, he learned, he turned around. He like, it was nowhere close to a completion and there wasn't a lot else at him the whole game. So I thought that was just like incredibly encouraging. I thought Justin Coleman was discouraging and uh, an issue. Um, So that was too bad, but like, yeah, I think the Tariq thing, it was, was really, really cool to see. Agreed. Uh, So on, quad tendon injuries uh david crockett was messaging me and and said that is the injury that ended charles barkley's career um barkley oh, was fuck. 30 barkley was 36 so you know not apples to apples there by any stretch but uh yeah that that's a that's a scary one <laughs> yeah yeah, sorry, I'm laughing at something else. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that was kind of a weird reaction. <laughs> oh my god, that was awful. Sorry, I was looking at a text message. Uh, my bad. My bad. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's done, and we just have to hope he's, you know, maybe he'll come back next year. But more likely than not, we're in the market for safety. Like, you know, there's only so many times he can go down with a serious injury and really come back and be a good player but hopefully i'm wrong um all right boys i gotta i gotta drop yeah yeah for a a morning flight all right well yeah i think we can end it here um if you are not on twitter go get on twitter it is amazing right now there is all kinds of uh nonsense happening uh and yeah seahawks beat the Broncos Seahawks beat Russell Wilson uh, and game the, the first win. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you can hear that. That's super bizarre. All right. Yeah, we should end this. It's all falling apart. So thanks everybody. Uh, hit the like button. Um, and we still, we do the Patreon. We have the chat. Uh, it's a cool community and hopefully we will have many, many more uh, wins to celebrate uh, over the next few months so uh thanks everybody and go hawks and i don't know i don't know how to do this